Hey, welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is the space to be for high vibe people looking to create a beautiful life and business. Let's do this. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome to our finale. This is the final episode of season four of the podcast. This is episode 71. And I just want to say a big thank you for being here and sharing this space. Today, I am sharing an episode that I haven't done before. Today, I will be interviewed on the podcast by the wonderful Ella Ryder. Ella is a life coach, blogger, YouTuber, and podcaster herself. She works with women who want to strengthen their self-worth, love their bodies, and tap into their spiritual essence so they can receive unlimited abundance from the universe. Now, Ella is also a very, very cherished member of my team. She is my online business manager. She helps me with all of the things behind the scenes to manage this podcast, to manage my Facebook group, to help me with all the different programs that I'm rolling out. And I absolutely adore working with Ella. Even better, Ella has been one of my beautiful clients in my one-to-one coaching program. She's also been one of my students in Embrace Your Feminine Essence and Create Your Beautiful Biz and my most recent program, My Mindset Makeover. She was also one of the beautiful women who joined my mistress mind that I has only just ended. It's been such an incredible experience. All of the women in that mistress mind have just grown so much, have really realized their own power and strength. And I'm so excited to be running another mistress mind in 2020. So keep your eyes peeled for that. So today, Ella collated a list of questions that she would love to ask me that she thought you would all be interested in as well. And we're covering as many as we could. We are talking about mindset, relationships, personal questions, business, all sorts of topics. You will absolutely love this. And it was so fun for me to have this conversation with Ella. She's a really great interviewer and I just love spending time with her. She is just amazing. So I also want to let you know that if you haven't listened to Ella's episode on the podcast before, go back to episode 61 and you can learn more about Ella. You can also find an interview that I did with Ella in the Make a Difference Soul Tribe. If you go to the videos tab in that, you will be able to find the video there and you can learn even more about Ella there. And I also want to let you know something super exciting, which is that Create Your Beautiful Biz, the third round is happening in September. So we start on the 23rd of September. It's Create Your Beautiful Biz is an eight-week online program to help you create your beautiful biz. So it's for you if you're looking to start a business or if you're looking to up-level your foundation in your business. My philosophy is that when we tap in to our menstrual magic, when we use our masculine and feminine energy, when we make fun a top priority in our business and we work with our energy rather than against it and use our zones of genius, what I call our magic essence to create a business that allows us to make our difference and thrive, this is where our innovation will lie. This is where our fulfillment will lie. And of course, our health and happiness. So If you're someone who's looking to start a heart-centered business, particularly if you're a coach, healer, or creative, or want to be one, 
This program gives you all of the tools you need to run a successful business. I take you through all of the mindset tools that you need. I take you through all of the feminine essence work. So understanding your menstrual magic, working with the inner seasons, working with your chakras in your business, and also working with your masculine and feminine energy. We go through setting up a website, creating your first offer, growing a community on social media, deciding on your primary source of content and also how to set up and grow an email list. I take you through in a simple step-by-step way that also is super fun. This is why people want to work with me is because I really bring the fun in this. Our business creation and journey should be a creative exploration. It is an opportunity to have fun, to enjoy it. I mean, this is why we want to do this work. We want to create a business and a lifestyle on our terms. And we totally have this. This is totally possible. We just have to do it intentionally. And we've got to look at what works for us rather than what works for everyone else. So this is something that I will be helping you with in Create Your Beautiful Biz. You can find all the details at LetitiaRinge.com forward slash CYBB. And when you sign up, you will have access to all of the trainings immediately. And then our group coaching calls will start in September. So go ahead and check out all of the details if that is calling you. And I also remind you that if you are not yet wanting to start a business, but you you're wanting a career change or you want to feel more connected to yourself, you want to uncover what your zones of genius are, or you know that you do want a business, but you don't know doing what, I also am running a program in September called Discover Your Purpose. So you can go and look at all the details for that over at LetitiaRinge.com forward slash discover your purpose. All right, everybody. I'm so excited to dive into this episode with you all. So let's just do it. Hey, Ella, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm so excited to be doing this. <laughs> I know, me too. So everybody listening today, Ella and I are doing something a little bit different. And today she is going to interview me. It's actually amazing how many things that I've got that I want to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I loved that. Ella's got some great questions. I've taken a little peek at them and I'm so excited to dive in. So what we're going to do is we're going to record for, you know, almost an hour. We're just going to see how many questions we get through. And if there's any less uh, left, we can always come back and do another one. So I'm excited. Me too. <laughs> okay. Let's dive in. What's your first question? Okay, so I know we're both big fans of Jess Lively and we took her course Blur of Intention. Um, So in that course, she teaches alignment over action. So being as aligned as you can be before taking any form of action in your life. So I'd love to know what your favorite um, alignment practice is at the moment. Mm. Do you have a specific routine or does this change? And I'm just curious. (laughs) Love this question. I love talking about alignment practices. And I think everyone's always curious, like, as to what we do with our, you know, morning sort of rituals. Mm So I, at the moment, it does change at the moment and it depends on where I am in my cycle because sometimes I want to do um, something a little bit more high energy and then other times I just want to chill. So I always, though, start with meditation. It's really rare if I don't do a meditation, even if it's just for five minutes, usually I'm still laying in bed and that just like, you know, sets me up for the start of my day. 
And at the yeah. moment, I'm loving like going for a walk along the canal or going for a run, depending on where my energy's at. And also doing some sort of singing and dancing. So like, I love listening to like Taylor Swift at the moment. Mm, me too. <laughs> I love all of her. Like, so like, I love Blank Space and I love um, that one about you need to calm down, like all of those songs. So I just sort of bop around to those. And actually, if I need to shift my energy to get back into alignment in between coaching calls or something else I've got going on, yeah, listening to a song is really good. That's great. I definitely find movement is the best way to shift your energy instantly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even just like, oh, also I love yoga. And so I do a lot of yoga too. And so my yoga practice will change based on where I'm at in my cycle and also where my energy is at that day. And that can be really good. Just doing some stretches to shift your energy as well. Mm. Sure. So it's all about tuning in to how you're feeling on the day. Exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Love it. Um, so the next question is, what's your favorite thing about being a life coach? Oh, I love this question. So there are so many things I love, but my favorite thing is supporting people see how amazing they are. Like the best part is in a coaching series or in a coaching session is when you see that shift visibly in someone when they start to really see their power. Like they, they start to feel yeah. empowered. And if, if you have just a one-off uh, coaching session with someone, I love it when you see that shift, you know, when they get it, when they get, have the mm -hmm. realization of, you know, something really powerful. But if it's in a coaching series, it really is when you see people really step into themselves and into their bigness. And I think that's a really a special thing about coaches that maybe not every coach will have, but I, I'm not afraid of other people's bigness and it really excites mm. me to see people taking up space. Yeah. I mean, that's a great reflection on you as well, that you're so supportive and as a client of yours, I've always felt incredibly supported by you. And I think, yeah, being a life coach is just so fulfilling in that way because you follow people's journeys and you see them grow as a person and, I guess you're also sharing things that have helped you with your clients. So then you can kind of witness the shifts that have happened in them that have happened in you as well, if that makes sense. So yeah. you kind of get to see it, the experience through a different perspective. Absolutely. And that is so rewarding because it makes you see that all of your experiences and, you know, a lot of them are challenging when you go through them yourself, but when you're able to see mm -hmm. that, Hey, I've been through this and I can see now why, because I'm here like mm -hmm. sharing this, you know, information and experience with you. And then you see someone use that and, you know, take it to their advantage. Yeah. That's really mm -hmm. very rewarding. Mm -hmm. So kind of leading on from that question, um, I wanted to know if you've always been willing to invest in their coach or in your personal growth through like courses, or is this something that has come with time and you've seen the benefits of maybe a course you've done and then that's inspired you to carry on mm. investing? Yeah, such a good question as well. Uh, I definitely wasn't someone who invested in myself. I think the only thing I invested in really up until like – probably five years ago was, um, uh, the gym, 
going to the gym Mm. and I had, you know, one of my, um, one of the women that I used to work with, she was a personal trainer. So she would also help to train me. So I never, you know, I never bought a personal training session or anything like that. I just paid for the gym. And so Mm. it was only once I was at my own rock bottom that I started to invest in my personal development. And I think you're right. It is through doing one thing. And then I was so just loved it. Uh, that that then I just kept investing in myself. And even with coaching, one of the reasons why I signed up for with my first life coach was because I knew that I wanted to be a life coach. And so I was like, mm. okay, if I want to be a life coach, I have to have worked with a life coach before. And so that's why mm. I signed up for my, um, with the first coach that I worked with. And then along the way, I've just seen so like, I can't possibly get myself to, as far as I want, unless I work with someone. So I always mm. work with people. I've worked with lots of different coaches and it just depends what I'm focusing on at that time and what sort of energy I need. And the same with the courses, like, as we all know, there are an endless amount of courses and workshops and trainings you can do. And so yeah. I, I just go with what I feel inspired to be focusing on mm-hmm. in that moment. Okay. That's a good tip actually, because sometimes it can feel overwhelming with <laughs> the amount of resources and coaches that are out there it's mm. great that there's so many people doing this work now but I know I personally can feel a bit like oh, I don't know what to be doing next or yeah. <laughs> what step to take and actually a tip on that is I feel that we sh- that when we do make a decision to sign up for something whether it's coaching or whether it's a course or a program or something or a workshop making sure that you have enough space in your life to fully focus on that and to like milk Mm. it, to really take everything that you can from it. And like, so I like to go all in and really be the best student in whatever I'm doing. Even if I think, oh, um, I don't want to do this part of it, or that doesn't, you know, that doesn't seem like it's something that I really want to do. Maybe you're questioning something when I'm in the program, Mm. I will just do it and try it and really see how it works because if you don't go into a program, if you go into a program without a beginner's mindset, it, you usually mm. miss a lot of the magic. So I always like to think I'm a student and I'm starting again with this clear mind and just mm. really focus on implementing what I'm learning. So if you then are working on too many things, which I have done in the past and I've learned from that, you don't get mm. the value out of the the, the one that you really want to be working on. So I always like to create enough yeah. space for that. Yeah, I guess it's quite easy to spread yourself too thin with these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely have done that in the past as well yeah. <laughs> and learned from it. <laughs> but I do think it's crazy how sometimes we're so willing to invest in, well, other areas like spending lots of money on clothes and things. Mm. And I've definitely cut back on that a lot. Um, just prioritizing where I find the most fulfillment I think and usually that is developing my mindset and personal growth and then balancing out with pretty things every now and again exactly and it's just energy right so it's like where do I want Mm. my energy to go at this time and I think that's a really empowering way to think of it rather than thinking I've got to do all the things and just have my energy everywhere that's not going to be as effective no definitely um, so the next question is that you always do guided meditations in your coaching calls and courses, mm-hmm. um, which I love and find so relaxing to begin the sessions mm-hmm. with. Um, 
do you come up with them yourself or is it something you've kind of practiced the art of over time and it just comes to you naturally now? Uh, I come up with them myself and sometimes I don't have a plan and I just do whatever feels um, inspiring in the moment. So I, I always love to say before all of my sessions to me and through me. And so if I'm feeling, if I, if I don't feel inspired to plan something in advance, which I guess, I think it's probably about 50, 50, really, I'll just go with what comes through in the moment. And it always is exactly what it, what you need. But then sometimes I also get a lot of enjoyment out of like coming up with a little ritual or a little story in the meditation. And so I, I really love to work with the chakras and I understand them really well. So I like to bring in elements of the chakras and work with the colors and work with the themes and create a little visual for people because I've found personally that the visuals really allow me to get out of my mind and into my heart and yeah. also to hear from my like future self, my intuition. And yeah, so I, I just love sort of creating a story for people. Mm. yeah that's so good and I'm definitely I'm working on opening my heart chakra at the moment <laughs> yeah and it's amazing it's, uh, very what, powerful it is and it's amazing what you can achieve through meditation and you know my mum, she's meditated like all of my life and I asked her to help me with meditation when after I was going through a big breakup I asked her can you help teach me how to meditate and she was she's been doing it a whole life, but I just couldn't get it. I couldn't work it out. And I thought I'm always thinking, and she gave me, you know, to, she said to use a word like love or peace and just repeat that to myself. And I just didn't get it. But then once I finally did get it, and I think this is how it is for everyone, just one day it just clicks. And I learned from a couple of different people, but for me, it was when I heard that I was just creating space between my myself and my thoughts that it really clicked for me and then every time I had a I did a guided meditation or uh, or I found a technique that worked for me I just sort of put that into my own little tool belt and then eventually I just started creating my own meditations using the tools that were working for me yeah I think that's so good so you've been listening to your intuition and guiding that's been guiding you towards the most effective method exactly and you know what I think that's what I do with everything that I do as a coach mm. if something works for me I just trust that that tool will work for someone else as well love it mm-hmm. um so if you're feeling overwhelmed and your meditation practice has gone down let's say <laughs> you've not been <laughs> meditating as much as normal do you how would you deal with these feelings of overwhelmment would it be meditation or would it be something you have other tools in your tool belt that you go to yeah so yes I will notice a correlation between not meditating and feeling more stressed and overwhelmed Uh, but also sometimes you're just you know overwhelmed and I that was some a, a real strong pattern that I had I I was often in overwhelm throughout most of my career and also in my business. So when I notice that I'm in overwhelm, I've gotten better and better at stopping the momentum. I like to just, you know, stop altogether, stop what I'm doing. The taking some deep breaths is really helpful. And I think that is the first, the first thing that I do is to stop and breathe. But then to actually analyze what's going on in my mind, like what is causing the feeling of overwhelm. And so that's where 
you've done my mindset makeover program. So you know what I'm talking about here, but something that I call a spring clean, I really love to download all everything that I'm thinking and pull it apart and see what is causing the feeling of overwhelm. And usually it's a lot of shoulds. I feel I'm trying to do everything. And I think that's (laughs) something I go back to as a manifesting generator as well. Like what can be a temptation is to do absolutely everything and you want to because you're so inspired and you will Mm -hmm. relate to this as well, Ella, as a manifester, but you don't have, you can't do it all at once. And so I, I have this endless to-do list that's either written out or in my mind and giving myself permission to not do any of it and to not even have a to-do list, especially when I'm feeling overwhelmed, really helps me to just come back to the present moment and realize that that overwhelm is only because of that list in the first place. It's so true. And I think that sprinkling method is really life-changing once you start implementing it because every emotion that we're feeling if it's overwhelming is caused by the thought that you're having before that and I think not everyone realizes that (laughs) which is crazy to me I know yeah I was explaining to a friend the other day and I could see our mind like trying to work out (laughs) I know it's amazing Um, and and you know what I will meet people who have been you know seeing a therapist or something for a long time and they they don't know that your thoughts create your emotions still. Mm -hmm. And so I can see the shift in their face when they get it. And it's so powerful Mm -hmm. because once you know this stuff, you're already starting to change those thought patterns and and to to help yourself feel better. Yeah, awareness is a first step. (laughs) It is. It it is everything. So with, um, say, your clients who are going through a traumatic time or – have like high levels of stress um do you have any tips as I'm starting my my life coaching journey myself as a coach um on how to protect your energy and kind of just maintain your vibrational frequency at a high state and then keeping out of the kind of mind problems so I know you can't solve a problem at the level of the mind Mm. um I wonder if you've got any tips on that and how to stay um uh, feeling feeling good in the process. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's a really good question. And that's right, it can be tough when it, this is what happens with our ego. If anyone's read A New Earth uh, or listened to something I highly recommend is Super Soul Conversations. There's a 10-part series between Eckhart and Oprah all about Eckhart's book, A New Earth, which is all about yeah. the ego and the mind. And Ella, I know that you're, you love A New Earth. <laughs> yeah, I listened to that podcast series again this week. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm feeling called to do it again too. It's so, so good. And so I've been through it twice now and, and the book twice. And one of the things Eckhart talks about is that with our what he calls our pain body, which is a part of the ego, basically, we activate other people's pain bodies like our pain body wants to activate the pain body or the ego in another person Mm -hmm. so what happens is we will with our clients they will go into story into justifying however they're feeling Mm -hmm. and thinking and usually it's something that's limiting them and so you as a coach will also have your pain body activated because you also have a mind and then you can very easily start to feel 
read your client's story and and their reasoning because to the mind it's like yes you have every right to feel sad you have you have been mm-hmm. you've been hurt and it's really easy to support them going into the role of the victim but as a coach you don't want to do that because you know that all of their power lies in them taking responsibility and shifting the way that they're looking at the situation and what they're choosing to think about the situation so it is very easy to get dragged into that and so what I do to help myself not get dragged into it and also to maintain my own energy like you say is to see them in their power. And this is mm. something my mum also has, has helped me with. It's so beautiful. She talks about um, Jesus. Whenever Jesus saw someone who was sick, he saw them as well. And that is how, and this is what the Bible mm. says, although I'm, I'm not well-versed on the Bible, but I love Rob <laughs> Bell. And so I've read his book. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's great, all about the Bible. And that mm-hmm. was how people then were able to become well because they were treated as if they are well. And it's the same with aging. When we, when we treat people like they're old or like they're aging, like they're breaking down, then that is what actually happens because they start to just, I guess, create evidence for that. So it's really important with our clients that we see them in their power and see that, Hey, you can, you, you're totally, you have everything you need to, create this situation or see this situation in a way that supports you. So I like to just sit there and see their real truth, that this is just a story and it's it's important for them to express. And I love to create that space for that, but it's not their truth in the situation. No. So knowing that it's but, very helpful. Yeah, it's such a good, good tip because I think we can be easily dragged down the mindset of, this is a problem and it needs to be solved. And as we both know, you can't solve anything through the mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, holding the vision. Oh, so it's holding the vision of what their, their higher self would feel like would be. Exactly. And then keeping that in the present moment and having that space for them to feel that way, I guess. Exactly. And before a coaching session, that's something I also love to do is to visualize my client in their power. So usually it's, we Mm. talk a lot about their hopes and their dreams. And this is something that we don't really have any spaces in our life to, to openly and honestly talk to people about what those dreams are, because we, we fear Mm. judgment. So with a coach, you've got that space. This is why you become so intimate together. And so I love to visualize that vision for themselves. And, and maybe it's even grander because sometimes we keep those visions smaller for ourselves mm. and see them as that and which they, which we are. That's why we have these visions and desires right now, because we are mm. that. So that's yeah. really helpful. Wow. Yeah. Cause I get uh, people always reflect back to the as what we expect of them as well I notice mm. I definitely have to act different around certain people because I think you draw certain energies and things from others so holding that vision of them I suppose also makes them act a different way as well 
Exactly. Yeah. And also when anyone's, when anyone is dealing with a problem, there isn't ever really a problem there. No. It's as, as we always say, it's the, the only problem is the one in your mind. And so we can easily get dragged into that problem with them and agree. But at the end of the day, it's just a big waste of everyone's time because everything is all good here. So why not let's choose to see how it's good in this moment, how it's actually supporting you. Yeah. They're questioning everything. <laughs> yeah, questioning absolutely. Is it true? <laughs> yeah, and you don't need yeah. to make someone feel bad for being in the mind no. either. Like we can have compassion no. and we can, yeah, compassionately shift our clients into mm-hmm. their their power and their strength. And then just one other thing, I, re- I also love after my sessions, and this is something I learned through a Reiki practitioner here in London, I was, I went for for my first Reiki session and she also does spiritual healing. This woman, her name's Fernanda. And she said to me, you have got, um, I can't remember what it's called. Like I've got a lot of cords on me. And so this is Mm -hmm. just basically other people's energy that were like hooked into my energy. And so she explained to me the importance of making sure I separated myself energetically Um, and protected myself before and after coaching sessions and not in a way or and actually it's just with any interaction with anyone even if you just go out onto like I don't know public transport or something and there's tons of people around so especially the way that she explained it is if someone really admires you as well what they do is they sort of like hook some of their energy and so your Mm -hmm. energy can start to be like they they mingle together and you can do the same to other people too and if you're or if you have you know negative thoughts about someone the same thing's happening so what you want to do after a session is is find a little ritual to energetically call your energy back in and also send any energy that you've taken back to the person. So I just do this. It literally takes like 10 seconds. I imagine myself in this, in a blue, in a blue flame. And I ask Mm -hmm. that any energy that is not mine be returned to the owner and any energy that is mine to be returned to me. And this, just this little practice in my head, it allows me to feel like I've separated from my client or from the person. And I always feel more myself after it, even if the whole thing is, um, is only in my mind. Mm. Wow. I'm going to have to implement that (laughs) for sure. (laughs) And selenite is a really good crystal to have. I actually don't have any, but that's one that a lot of people recommend. What color is that one? Is it a particular color? It's white. It's white. And you can get, you know, the Himal, um, the rock salt lamps, yeah. You can get a selenite lamp. You might have seen them before. It's Ooh. like this big white tower. Yeah, they look really nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love them. <laughs> yeah. I want to get one of those when I'm back in Australia. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now, if you say you've got a particular, I don't want to say issue because I know we don't have any problems or issues, <laughs> but if there's a particular block that you feel like has been going on for a lot of time, have you had a have you used any particular modalities in the past that you feel have helped you? So I know um, I've tried RTT. Um, I've heard of B&E, mm-hmm. Theta Healing, which you're qualified in. Um, yep. um, is that a particular one that you are enjoying at the moment or have found really beneficial for you? 
Yeah, I so I've tried all of those that you've just mentioned and uh, and they're all successful in their own ways, but I really am a fan of Bioneuro Emotion, which is our Danny Reeve, who's one of my really good mm-hmm. friends and also one of my clients and she was also on the podcast. I think it was episode 39. Um, I go to Danny if I need any sort of help with shifting a subconscious pattern. And an example is recently I had, I kept getting sick. I was just constantly getting colds. And I also had uh, Ella, as you know, because you were with me one of the times, (laughs) but I kept getting, um, what seemed to be food poisoning and, and also no one who was with me got the food poisoning. So it was all of these things that were affecting my gut and affecting my immune system. And I knew that that was really weird because I'm, I eat well, I'm exercising. I do know that I am on some level stressed because I have a lot of new things going on, like the move back home. And so even though I feel, Oh, I'm excited. I'm not stressed. My body is reacting as if I am stressed. Mm. So um, I went to see Danny for that. And also I had um, this speech that I did just on Monday this week. We're recording on a Friday. So it was um, only a few days ago. Uh, Public speaking is one of my biggest fears. And even though I still have put myself in situations where I'll be speaking publicly, this was a big leap for me because it was on stage. It was a keynote speech with 60 people there. And it was also in front of a lot of people who I really admire. So I was, I noticed my self-sabotaging behaviors coming back and I noticed just, you know, small, subtle ways that I was sabotaging what my success. So for instance, not allowing myself to prepare and, and also putting too many stipulations on myself of what I needed to do to prepare. So saying, you know, I needed to practice like 40 times and in front of people. And if I didn't do that, then I couldn't be successful at it in the end. That's, I didn't need to do any of that, but I had decided that I needed to, and that was just my mind. So I noticed that I was doing this and I was working on my mindset and doing my mindset plan and going through all of the tools that I have. But I knew that because I've had this fear with me since, since I was a a child, that there was a subconscious block as well. And that it was probably even going beyond my life itself. Like I think that it's something I've inherited through my family as well. And and who knows where else it's come from. So mm-hmm. I went to Danny and literally after that session, I, it, something was just completely lifted because I was able to show up for the rest of my preparation in a completely different way. And I actually also felt so elated. And I think wow. what I love about B&E is it's almost a mix of theta healing and rapid transformational therapy, but Mm. it's, it's, it's quicker and, and just as effective. So I don't know what it's like to, to do a B&E session with anyone else other than Danny. And I think she's actually got a really special way of, um, of holding space in a B&E session because she holds a really beautiful nurturing space and, um, I think that that is also sort of unique to her because of her personality. So yeah. my favorite modality is B&E and that's what I'll be using um, it when I, when I need some help, you know, up-leveling subconscious patterns. First of all, well done for your speech. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah. I mean, I've met Danny in person now and she's so lovely and I can imagine her holding such a, 
supportive space in a session and beanie sounds great i mean i've tried rtt and um beanie's next on my list for sure so it's so instant it sounds like such an instant shift yeah and i mean sometimes shifts will not have that huge uh it like immediate Mm. result that i have sometimes it'll take a little bit longer but i they all they all you always end up having a shift, even if it's not immediately in mm-hmm. within the session. So the other thing I love about B&E is that they draw on all different strands of science and the metaphysical, which, I mean, Danny and I discussed this in the episode, but I love that there's lots of different techniques that they can also draw on depending on what your issue is. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. And I know you're going on holiday soon. <laughs> I'm very jealous because <laughs> I want to go to Bali. I, I wish you're I always traveling. You. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can fit in a suitcase. I know. I know you a lot. <laughs> um, so as your listeners probably know, you like to travel and you love traveling. Yep. Um, do you have, say, like a bucket list? So you decide where to go next based on that? Or do you... I just get inspiration feel like in the moment where you want to go and do you have any tips on saving money to travel at the mm-hmm. same time yeah good question too so yeah I look sometimes my Capricorn <laughs> nature can be a little bit controlling and I like to plan <laughs> things out like I'll just get uh, I get such a kick out of planning that I sometimes it's 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 there's a balance between planning because I will always end up um, not necessarily following everything on the plan, but mm. then my mind gets fixated on what's in the plan. So I've had to learn yeah. how to navigate that. So with my holidays, what I, what I've been doing most of the time that I've been here in London is usually at the start of the year, I map out what I'm doing for the rest of the year, like what my key projects are, what, how I want to uh, up level it personally, where I want to go in my relationship with Lou, uh, obviously what the key projects are in my business, how, what I want to do with my health and, um, and, and also what I want to be doing financially. And, and part of that is also where I want to explore in the world. So I will sort of brainstorm some of the, some of the main places I want to go to, and I'll have a general idea, but over the last 12 months, I've been a lot more relaxed with my planning. And so we've said, we more, we set aside time that we want to travel and then we will book closer to the date that we actually want to travel because we've realized, Hey, you don't actually need to book something really like far in advance anymore. And so we'll ask ourselves what feels exciting. And an example of this is we knew that we're going to travel over the month of August and we had planned on going to Portugal, but even, I think we booked it like three weeks ago, something like that. And neither of us were particularly excited, even though Portugal's an amazing place and everybody loves it. And we've been to Lisbon before and we want to go to the coast, but we just didn't feel that like physical excitement. And so we were like, okay, let's explore some other options. And then Bali came up and both of us were like, oh my gosh, that would be so amazing. Let's go to Bali. So we went with that. And because part of the enjoyment of a holiday is the planning as well. You know, sure. I can't wait to hear what Lou thinks of Bali. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's I'm sure he'll love it. Yeah, he, he will love it. So yes, usually, 
I do plan and I and I create space in my year. I always look at like what are the non-negotiables for the year that I have to have in and travel is one of those things. So I knew that I was going to be taking a month off in August. Doesn't matter where I'm going, but it's going to be somewhere. And then um and then yeah, I basically fix all the details as close as possible to the time so you can feel a little bit more freedom. And then when it comes to saving for holidays, like kind of what we were talking about earlier when you were saying, you know, to make space for coaching and programs and your learning and these sorts of things, you prioritize what how you want to spend your money. It's the same thing for me. My money goes on coaching and personal development and it goes on eating like really good quality food and mm-hmm. on not eating out at expensive restaurants, which is something that I used to spend a lot of my money on. And, and yeah. the other is travel. So I create space for traveling. If there are months when I've got a lot of traveling on or coming up, then I won't spend as much money on other things. So yeah, I've just tried to be more intentional with what I'm spending my money on in terms of personal development and coaches, making sure that I'm not overdoing it and doing too much at once, but I'm really focusing on something specific and, you know, intentionally. And then my travel is just, it, it, I guess my travel is almost my most non-negotiable. It's just what I'm going to be spending my money on. So I just make sure that I have some money set aside for that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the best thing about having your own business as well, because you can choose when you take the time off um, within reason. And even if you've got a job, I like the idea of mapping out your year and knowing, I guess, how much holiday allowance you have and making sure that you've got enough left over for the holidays you want to take because it's so enriching traveling to new places and just seeing what's outside your environment I think exactly and the other thing is I should say a lot of people will be saving for a home or paying a mortgage and although we have rent that we pay over here and we live in Angel which is a very um, expensive area to live in it I don't have a mortgage and so Mm. I that that is something that we've both intentionally decided because rather than putting our money into a home that doesn't feel exciting to us at the moment we we would like to buy a home eventually but at the moment our we would rather spend it experiencing the world so Mm. and I think that there this is something that there is a lot of fear around like oh you're not saving for a home but I just think that times have changed and we don't even know where we want to live (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Yeah, at the moment, well, for me especially, I don't like the idea of being tied to one Mm. (laughs) property. Yeah, but uh, everyone's different, so it's what's in alignment for you, I suppose. Exactly, and and not shaming people for whatever that decision is. No. So yeah, Yeah. I totally. You've just got your money should reflect the the, what you want to prioritize. Absolutely. So we talked about the your mindset makeover course before which is amazing and I've been through it all um <laughs> and I've dived into it again a bit last week as well Good. and I wanted to know what your biggest mindset obstacle um that you've had to overcome in regards to your business has been mm. do you still remember it <laughs> is it still going on <laughs> yeah this is yes I do still remember it <laughs> and it was a really it was a very big light bulb moment when I realized <laughs> that this was truly my biggest fear so last year around October November I had 
I was looking on my podcast on SoundCloud, looking at my stats for a reason. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the reason was. I don't usually look at my stats. I really don't care. But I looked on this in this instance and I noticed that one of my more recent episodes had about four times the amount of downloads than they usually do. They're usually around the same sort of mark. And so it was really obvious. And my initial response was fear that I didn't want this to happen. Yeah. And so I thought, wow, that's so interesting. Shouldn't my initial response be one of excitement? Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, it's getting out to more people. And so I explored that. And at the moment, at that time, I was, I had a group coaching, um, circle that I was a part of. And so I mentioned it and we went through my fear of success and we did some look at, you know, my childhood. And I spent a lot of time looking at where this fear was coming from. And I, I've heard it before because you know, that Marianne Williamson quote, it's my light, not my darkness that I'm most afraid of. I have heard that about fear of success and I'd seen it in small ways, but this for me was like, I had no awareness that I was holding myself back in that moment and that I actually was experiencing fear like in my body when it came to expanding. So once I, so interesting. Yeah, it was fascinating. And so once I, once I had that light bulb moment, it just, as we said at the start of this (laughs) awareness is everything. So it really started the process of up leveling for me. And so in that moment, one of the most important things I did was to decide that I'm here to be seen and I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to be successful. And that decision, like committing to it and con- like intentionally committing to it, writing it down, I signed it like a little declaration to myself. Wow. <laughs> and I uh, and then I started to look at what sort of thoughts I was having around success I started to notice when I was, you know, when I was acting small or, you know, stopping myself from showing up in the way that I wanted. And it's not, it, it's something that I still work on to this day. So for instance, with public speaking, one of the reasons that I'm, I'm afraid of public speaking apart from this subconscious pattern and, and what triggered that in the first place is that it really is about being seen and seeing and being seen as you, as your authentic self. That feels scary. And it's because another thing about manifesting generators, and Tim described this in the podcast interview that we did together, which I think was episode 63. So manifesting generators are like here to be big, right? We have like really big auras and it sort of takes everyone in around you. But some, and same as manifestors. So you're the uh, same with the manifester. So it can be kind of confronting to people. So what we do to stop ourselves from, um, I guess, triggering other people is we make ourselves small. So we dim to fit in. And that's the big lesson that manifestors and manifesting generators have to learn is that you're actually not doing anyone around you um, any support when you do that because they don't get to see you as your authentic self and you're here to be big, like you're here to be seen. So I guess I had a lot of different stories in my head that I, you know, it's, it's greedy to be successful. It's, you know, greedy to be in the spotlight, things like this. So I was 
I had all of these patterns where I was just adding layers and layers on myself to stop my, to, to really make myself sort of invisible. Mm. So much conditioning around this, I think, as well. And especially with social media, often it's, you don't want to be, well, I personally have never wanted to be seen as being too self obsessed, mm. <laughs> but you do need to put yourself out there. And human design has been so interesting. Um, like you said, for, just seeing the ways that we do limit ourselves and how we should be showing up in the world um, as our most authentic selves. And once you do that, I feel that the right people are attracted to you anyway and the people that aren't meant to be on your journey will fall away, (laughs) as it were. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And so a great question to ask is, am I acting from a place of love or am I acting from a place of fear? So when you notice and you know you have to catch yourself in that moment but when you know when you feel yeah. oh am i responding in this way because i want to or is it coming from a place of fear that's a really good question to find out whether it is mm-hmm. you know that really it's a fear of your success mm-hmm. yeah how much do you trust that things are working out for you as well yes yep yeah. absolutely so i'm not sure if this we've kind of covered this question already um with human design have have your sessions with Tim. Hi, Tim, if you're listening. Um, helped hey, you. Tim. Has it impacted the way you treat your business? Has um, a lot shifted since you found out? Did it give you more permission to do certain things or let go of certain things? Mm, yeah, I think the biggest thing, well, actually, there's probably three main points. The first mm. is to like, be in my bigness to allow myself to yeah. show up and to be seen and and to yeah just just you know fully show up the other thing is to not limit myself um by sticking to one thing so i'm i'm always interested in a million different things and so it's it, it's meant that, and also, you know, I have, a, I have a whole list of things that I want to create for my community. These are all things that have really helped me. And so from the beginning, since I started my business, I've had this list and over time I've been gradually creating these things and mm-hmm. I need, and then I have new things that come into that list and I let some things go and some other things come in and I have to be able to give myself permission to follow my inspiration, to follow what's lighting me up and to let things go. And that is not something that society tells you is okay. So that has mm-hmm. been one of the best things I've done for myself. And I think creating a business that allows me to evolve. So it's got a lot of space for me to to shift and change. Like for instance, going with my name, my put my own name as my business rather than my tagline, create a life that is beautiful is something that I think is really important for me because I don't know where things are going to go. I don't know if I'm going to be coaching forever. I don't know. And I have to be able to give myself space for that growth. Yeah. Be open to the possibilities see where life flows <laughs> exactly and then the the final one is which has been really important and we all are learning this lesson i think but the importance of waiting and allowing so <laughs> the uh for you know we all feel this rush to do everything right now and to yeah just think that we don't have a lot of time and the interesting thing is that that is where all of the abundance, the abundance is, is when we stop and we allow and we wait and we don't make decisions from this rush place and we 
and really enjoy where we're at in this moment. Mm-hmm. So even though I have this desire to do everything now, just like most of us do, my as an emotional manifesting generator, it's really important for me to wait until I'm in a place of clarity to make decisions, which only comes from a place of calm rather than being in the excitement or in the, um, I don't know. What emotional it, wave, ex- isn't it? Yeah, the emo- exactly, <laughs> the emotional wave. So that has been really helpful because usually I would just get excited and I just make a decision in that moment and then I would regret it later or I'd change my mind, which is also typical mm. of manifesting generators. So I wait to make a decision and and the way that that's affected my personal life is that I don't make as many plans like far in advance as what I once did. That's interesting. I need to try doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, As you know, I can be quite impulsive in the regret decisions later but I do I do think it is a practice learning to be with the emotions to sit with them and you learn from experience I guess when you decide things that haven't gone the way that you perhaps were not not that any decisions wrong but that maybe they haven't worked out quite the way they would have if you'd waited um so yeah I I love human design and keep wanting to learn more about it so (laughs) it's so interesting in regards to business it's so good and for me as a coach it really helps me to support my clients in the best way by knowing Mm. how their energy works and that's Mm. why I support human design so much that all of my clients in you know the mistress mind that we've just done together and also Mm. the in one-to-one coaching like I get people to get a human design reading because it really does help them understand what your like natural power is where your gifts lie Mm. and also what sort of business or life or work is going to be most supportive for you Mm. love it (laughs) so on a slightly different topic but (laughs) i wanted to get more personal (laughs) um I want to talk about relationships. So you and Lou seem to have a great relationship. And um, from everything I've heard and everything I know of you both, um, I just would love to know what advice you would give someone who's wanting to call in a relationship into their lives. Mm. Yes, um, I definitely struggled with the relationships for a long time there uh, before I met Lou. And I intentionally set about on a process to call Lou in And so my advice is always to, first of all, admit that you want a relationship and not just, not just like be fully in, like I am calling in a relationship. It's something that I want. It's important to me and it's going to happen, right? Aligning with Mm -hmm. the fact that it's- Be decisive. (laughs) Exactly. Aligning with the fact that it's inevitable. Because if you're like, oh, I don't know if I really want it or I'm embarrassed to let people know that it's something I want- then you're not really all in, are you? Mm. No, that's true. And I think a lot of people want to wait until they have the evidence that they can have it before they admit that they want it. But that's not what the universe asks you to do. It's asking you to step forward with like courage and, you know, and declare what you want. So that was important for me because I wanted to save face and not let, not let people know that I really wanted a relationship. So I had to admit that. And then the next thing is, is also by the same token, knowing that a relationship isn't necessarily, or 
No, let's just say it isn't going to make you any better and it's not going to make your life any better. So your life yeah. needs to be whole now. And mm. a, a really great way to look at this is to ask yourself, what are the qualities that you want in a partner? And they, I would also be really careful with what qualities you put down because things like mm-hmm. how someone looks and how much money they earn and um, you know other things that are more ego-based, they aren't ever going to be a good foundation for a relationship. You want to think mm-hmm. about qualities and values that a person holds and how they make you feel in the relationship. So mm-hmm. thinking about that and then asking yourself, why do you want them to have those qualities? Are they qualities that you embody right now in your life or are they ones that you, you're seeking because you're trying to make yourself a whole person? And so if that's mm. the case, then what you need to do is work on your relationship with yourself first and foremost. And so that's why whenever I work with someone on relationships, we are always looking at building up their own self-love and empowerment and also making their life really, really fun and just you know juicy, giving, making mm. it a real gift because Otherwise you build on a shaky foundation. And once you're, Mm. once you've got this partner, you're just sort of filling a hole and you're also putting so much pressure on them to fulfill you. And you can't, that's, and even if you get someone in under that circumstance, then they, um, they, they're likely coming in with, you know, not as a whole person too. And they're getting this kick out of maybe filling that hole for you. And it just sets things up to be very, uh, it sets things up for future problems. So I would make sure that you're really satisfied with, within yourself first and foremost, know that a relationship isn't what makes your life better. It's you make your life better. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, go at it from this place of abundance where you know that it's inevitable and you're declaring that you want a relationship, but at the same time, that very difficult balance that we all have with calling anything in, mm-hmm. you're fully satisfied with where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think this is the area that I found the most tricky to get the balance in, is yeah. <laughs> in like knowing what you want and then having the ability to be entirely happy with where you are right now. So mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think declaring that you want a relationship is an important step. I suppose admittedly I don't always feel like I need, because I tell myself I don't need someone (laughs) that I in some ways probably limit um, myself. So that's really helpful thinking it from that perspective. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's blocking that person because mm. you you sort of have to create space for that person. And I think a lot of us women, we think, we will lose our independence. We don't want to come across as desperate. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't want to come across as desperate. And also you don't want to be desperate either because that's the No, thirsty. don't want anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it it is yeah. it is a uh, it is a difficult balance to strike, but mm-hmm. once you find yourself in that space, like you do feel the difference. So think about other areas in your life where you have found it easy to call something in. Yeah, I, I like to think about it as well from like being the person that you want to meet. So like, mm. are you being happy and joyful and having fun? Because you don't want to meet someone that's not <laughs> those exactly. things. So you've got to be a match, don't you? Exactly. Absolutely. Mm. Does um, Lou mind being featured on 
Instagram out of curiosity. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, he's he's never had a problem with his photo being on there. I have asked him to come on and do a live with me before, but he's not interested. So he's happy to be the man behind the camera and to have his photo on there. And he doesn't mind if I you know mention him or talk about um, a story that involves him, but he is uh, doesn't have any interest. Like he's not even on Instagram. He doesn't have an account, mm. but he is on Facebook. But he doesn't really okay. he doesn't use social media very much at all. I quite I think I'd like my future partner not to have social media either. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> going to create balance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know you and Lou like going out for meals and things. And do you have a favorite spot for food in London that you particularly miss when you leave? Maybe. Um, I really love a lot of the plant-based newer restaurants here. Oh, actually, I mean, they're not. There's so many to choose from. (laughs) Yeah, I I really love Wild Food and Redemption Bar. They're my two favorites at the moment. Need to try those. Yeah. Where's Redemption? Redemption Bar, there's one in Shoreditch and there's also one in uh, Covent Garden in uh, Neil's Yard. Not Covent Garden, Soho in Neil's Yard. Oh, Lovely. And there's also a wild food there too. That's the original. <laughs> Check that. I've seen it on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So if you could pick a dream podcast guest, would you – or actually I also want you to pick someone someone dead without being too morbid and someone alive. Okay. Alive, Oprah. I, oh yeah, she's just amazing. I I think she's just an incredible woman, and I would we can work ab- on that. <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely adore being able to just be in her space and meet her. Um, now, someone who's dead. The name that popped into my head is Martin Luther King. Yes. Yeah. He'd be so interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's an amazing person. Yeah. And do you li- sorry? No, that's that that's it. I was just thinking about that answer. <laughs> um do you have a particular podcast show that you would always listen to straight away when it's released? So I haven't been as religious with my podcast listening. It used to be the Lively Show, that was the number one mm-hmm. podcast that I always Same. listened to. Um, but I keep chopping and changing. But at the moment, the one that I will listen to every episode when it comes out is Stacey Bayman's make, I think it's making, make money as a life coach. She is a part, she has been, she's from Brooke Castillo's The Life Coach School and she's great with mindset work. And so I think it's really Mm -hmm. important when we're in businesses to be constantly having messages around us that support the way that we want to think. So I find that really, really helpful at the moment. And then I've just also started to get into a podcast called Authentic Sex Podcast with Juliet Allen. She's an Australian and it's all about all things sex and sexuality, like all, yeah, basically Mm. all things to do with sex. And I find it really, really interesting because I think Mm. that this is a topic that we don't talk enough about and yeah, it's linked to our creativity and fulfillment. So I'm really interested to dive in deeper to this area over maybe the next 12 months okay i have to check those out i do think it's interesting to listen to podcasts that aren't necessarily on personal growth Mm -hmm. as like in specific like life coaching that kind of area there is one called um 
sex with Emily as well, which oh. uh, is very informative. I'll have to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'd love to know what you're most excited about this year, well, the rest of the year in your business. Ooh, okay. What am I most excited about? Um, well, I think the theme of this year has been rolling out a lot of these new group programs that I've had. And I've really, 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 really loved doing group programs. So we recently just finished, you know, our mistress mind and that was just, so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just so incredibly fulfilling for me, everybody in it, just such powerhouses, so supportive. I, I really love being in small groups of women because I just think mm-hmm. that, they each have their own like energy and they're so empowering. So I think in the second half of this year, I'm not sure if this is going to happen, but I would love to be doing also more in-person circles back in Australia or wherever we end up and then continuing with the group programs that I've been um, rolling out. So we've got my discover your purpose program coming out soon and also the next round of create your beautiful biz so I'm really looking forward to those and also embrace your feminine essence. I'm going to be doing a live round mm. of that in the second half of, uh, well, we are in the second half, but later this year too. So I'm just loving being in those spaces with other women and learning and yeah, just, just exploring. Yeah. Such variety in your courses as well. And true sign of a manifesting generator <laughs> it does amaze me how much you can create <laughs> I know I love it I've definitely been in creation mode this year next year is going to be yeah. more um more learning for myself so I'm doing mm. my menstruality leadership training I'm also doing oh, yeah. a 200 hour women's self-care yoga training so mm. I'm looking forward to focusing more on the physical body next year and then bringing all of that mm. into my business Love it. Um, so I'd also like to know what's one thing that has manifested for you recently in a very kind of unexpected or beautiful way. It doesn't matter if it's something as small as a free cup of tea or something a bit bigger. The one that stands out is, well, I mean, this is kind of recent, but so there's two things. Earlier this year, I was having this conversation with myself during one of my meditations where I was ready to, because I've, I've always wanted to have speaking as part of my future and, and also doing videos is something I really enjoy doing too, but I haven't been doing as many of those, but it's something that is on my sort of list. And I, so I had put, I had decided that, you know what, speaking and videos, I'm just, I'm ready to let those go. Like maybe they weren't ever meant to be on my vision. And so I was asking my intuition, like, is this something that I should start actively pursuing or not? And then I didn't get any answers or actually for videos, it was saying to keep doing videos, but when it came to speaking, I got nothing. And then I but I had, I had let them both go. Like, you know, when you, you've just decided that's it, it's fine. I don't, yeah, I don't need to don't do this. <laughs> I don't care. I literally went out to my computer and looked at my emails and there was an email from the beautiful you coaching Academy inviting me to be one of their speakers. And, and also it's a paid speaking gig. So I was just amazed. I was like, Whoa. Okay. And 
Also, it wasn't a test, something for me to say no to. I felt like, yes, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And then recently I had a similar situation where I was thinking, you know, for the, for the rest of the year, this is kind of small, but I was thinking, am I going to still offer more one-to-one coaching or will I just continue with the clients that I'm already working with? Like, will I close all of like close coaching for the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. And then I, and I had decided, yeah, I'm going to do that. I called Lou and I was like, that this is what I've decided. It's what I'm going to do. I'd given it, I'd given it up again. And then I got back in and again, I had like an application form from someone right there asking to work with me. And it was so beautiful because mm-hmm. it actually showed me that, no, I, I really do want to continue focusing on my one-to-one coaching and continuing mm-hmm. with that while I'm in the second half. Well, I keep saying the second half. I really just mean like my next chapter in Australia. Yeah. And yeah, so I think sometimes you, as soon as, no, it always happens. Whenever you say you want to give something up, then they, it usually creates space for what you really want and what, and also what your soul is asking you to do to come through. Mm. Sometimes it will be a test, but those tests are when something's not quite right about what you want. And so in both Mm. of those instances, the woman who came through was just absolutely my soulmate client. Absolutely want to support her. She's amazing. Like it's just, it just was like an absolute yes. And the same with this opportunity for speaking. So they're both Mm. just absolute yeses. Yeah, so it's just dropping the resistance, really, isn't it? It is. That's what it comes down to. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Not being so attached. Absolutely. Mm. So how we're around the hour mark now. Are there any other questions? Yeah. Um, I would you... just like to know yeah. one more. <laughs> okay, go for it. What will you miss most about the UK? Mm. Does that have to be me? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously you. And, and yeah, and of course, all of the people that I've met here, like just, I I think as I've, I've mentioned on one of my solo episodes before that I really found myself when I moved to London. And so I feel like I've been more and more just cracking open during my time here. And then that's given me to, the opportunity to meet people who I really vibe with, you know, that I just feel these, these, these are my soul tribe. So that I'm absolutely going to miss being able to be in person with all of the wonderful people mm-hmm. that I've met here. Uh, thankfully though, we have zoom. So I'll just be doing the reverse of what I do with everybody in Australia, <laughs> who is still a part of my life. And, um, but really what I love about London is its proximity to, Lo- to Europe and also the opportunities it really is very different to Sydney and also I can't pick one look at me the other thing is is I really love (laughs) how generally and this is in London I don't know about the rest of England but I think it's a trait of um, the British I love how kind and open-minded people are I think Mm. it's very different to Australia and some of you, my Australians might be shaking their heads at this, but Mm. it's just a different kind of open-mindedness. And Mm. like, I think people are quite accepting of all of difference over, over here and at Mm. least in London and sometimes in Australia. um, Yeah. I think, think we close ourselves off um, 
people can be a little bit judgmental and it's just, there's a lot more of the same in Australia. Whereas over here, there's yeah. so much diversity. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Yes. Cause I, I know a lot of people have said that they think the British are quite unfriendly. So it's good to know that you <laughs> don't feel that we are. And um, I need to come to Australia to see, to compare, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think Australians at first seem like they're more friendly and that's, I definitely felt like, oh, British aren't friendly when I first moved over. But then I realized that actually it's not that you're unfriendly, it's that you're polite. And that's yeah. the difference. Very yeah. proper we are. <laughs> yeah, polite and proper. And they, yeah, mm-hmm. so I think there's a big difference there. And I think Australians are more, they just blurt out whatever they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure to have you in the UK and we'll miss you very much. <laughs> I will miss you so much too, but I'm so grateful that I'll still be able to connect with everyone. And all of my sessions will still continue, continue on Zoom just as they've always been. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for answering my questions today well thank you so much for asking me such amazing questions i hope everybody's enjoyed it and thank you for ella for coming up with these great questions i told you you're like a natural and you mentioned that you wanted to be a journalist once so i think that (laughs) yeah you're going to do more interviews on your podcast aren't you as well yeah that's the plan next season (laughs) okay yeah i think that'll be really awesome So there you have it, my beautiful friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thank you to Ella for coming on and asking such awesome questions. I really had just the best time and I hope you all found it really useful, which I'm sure that you did. So now this is our finale for season four. Before I wrap up, I want to let you know a couple of announcements and also what's next for me. And I cannot wait then to return on the October the 4th without new season five. So in the meantime, in September, this will be the last time you'll be hearing from me about these two new programs that I have starting in September. So if you have been called to join us in either Discover Your Purpose or Create Your Beautiful Biz, I invite you to go and check out the details now and enroll. We will be starting in September. So Discover Your Purpose is for you if you're looking for a career change or you're looking to uncover your unique gifts in the world or you're looking to start a business but you have really no idea what you want to be doing as a business owner. If this is you and you are ready to connect with your authentic self and take a beautiful self-discovery journey so that you can feel aligned with the person that you truly are, then I invite you to join me on Discover Your Purpose. It starts on the 16th of September. This will be an eight-week journey. We have eight trainings and four group coaching calls, and you can be a part of that journey. All you need to do is head to tisharange.com forward slash discover your purpose. And if you are looking to start your beautiful business or you have a business and you're looking to up level your foundation so that you can have a strong foundation to make your difference and thrive, then I invite you to check out Create Your Beautiful Biz. The next intake begins on the 23rd of September. I'm taking you through how to set up your website, how to set up a sacred offer, how to set up an email list, how to grow your community, how to use Instagram and Facebook and social media to support you in doing just that. I take you through how to price in a really beautiful, soulful, heart-centered way. And I take you through my key pillars from my feminine essence framework. So using your menstrual magic in your business, 
tapping into your masculine and feminine energy, working with your zones of genius, working with your personal energy so that you're actually setting up a business that allows you to make your difference and thrive. And finally, and most importantly, infusing this entire business setup and journey with fun. This is where all of the magic lies. So expect a wonderful creative exploration and journey in setting up your business. And also we will be doing this with a group of women to support you. So you will become a member of the Create Your Beautiful Biz community. We have a private Facebook group so we can all connect. And you will also be part of a smaller group of women who are also starting their business or up-leveling their foundation. These women will be with you on all of our four coaching calls throughout this journey. And as soon as you enroll into the program, you will have immediate access to all of the trainings and all of the soulful business resources. So there's meditations, a perfect day visualization, a menstrual magic for business training, a ton of bonuses to support you, a content planner, just there's literally, there are so many and I am adding to it all the time. You get lifetime access. So you also get any materials that are ever added to this program. It really is a simple, easy to follow program that takes you through everything you need to create your beautiful business. So if you would love to join us, we start on the 23rd of September, please enroll by going to LetitiaRinch.com forward slash C-Y-B-B and we will see you there. Okay, my beautiful friends. So last of all, Over the next month, I thought I would give you a couple of suggestions of different episodes you could go back to and listen if you haven't already or if you just feel inspired to go back. Now, of course, all of the episodes are absolutely wonderful in their own right. I just asked myself today, what did I feel was most relevant? And so the first one is, and this is kind of more for me, but episode 24 is all about reverse culture shock. And this is with the beautiful Abby Lutus, who is a coach who specializes in reverse culture shock. Now I mentioned that this is more for me because as you know, I am moving from London to Sydney, Australia. So I'm going back to my hometown and reverse culture shock is a real thing. So I will be re-listening to this episode to get some more tips off Abby on what to do to manage that situation. And I thought I'd share it with you all because I know if I'm experiencing this, then so many of you will be too. And I've already heard from many of you saying, I'm going through the same situation. Now, I also want to recommend the next episode, which is episode 25, and that is with the beautiful Sammy Fleming. I love Sammy so dearly. And this episode is all about the power of women. I think this is so great because we explore the divine feminine. And I thought that this would be a beautiful time for you all to re-listen. Now, nextly, episode 55, I go through how I use my menstrual magic in my business. So I thought you'd be really interested in diving into that episode if you haven't already, because I talk about how I work with the inner seasons of my cycle. And then lastly, I also want to recommend episode 51, where I talk about how to align with your dreams and overcome limiting beliefs. Now, this is always relevant because we have to be very mindful of bringing ourselves back to our heart, our soul, our dreams. And it's also one of the top episodes of the podcast. People absolutely love it. And so I wanted to share that with you all. And actually I have one more and that is episode number six. So right at the beginning of the podcast, and this is an interview with Jess Lively. Now Jess is the woman 
who really I first came into contact with when I started my personal development journey and went on this journey to align with my purpose. And so I really would love for you to listen to that episode because we dive into her take on intuition. And as we are all coming back to ourselves over the next month, I think that this would be a beautiful place for you to explore. Okay, everybody. So in the meantime, I will still be on Instagram. You can find me and connect with me. You can also find me in the Make a Different Soul Tribe. I get back from my holiday after the first week of September And then I will be back online as usual. So you can connect with me there. And then we'll be returning for season five of the podcast on October 4th. You can find me on Instagram at Letitia Ringe. And I will also have the show notes for you at LetitiaRinge.com forward slash 20 questions. And now wishing every single one of you a beautiful, inspiring and connected September. I can't wait to hear all of your stories about what happens for you during the month of September. So come and share them with me. I love hearing from you all and I'm sending you so much love. Bye everyone. Hey, if you're ready to create your very own purpose-driven business too, I invite you to check out my online program, Create Your Beautiful Biz. You'll learn how to create a business that allows you to make your difference and thrive using my signature feminine essence framework. Just head over to www.letisharinj.com forward slash CYBB. Let's make creating a business beautiful. I'll see you there.